October 13, Chadwick Boseman and Sterling K. Brown in Marshall, based on a true story. I'm Thurgood Marshall. I only represent people accused because of race. Before he became the first African-American Supreme Court justice. Did you do what they said you did? He attacked me. I never touched that woman. Thurgood Marshall was a man on a mission. The only way to get through a bigot's door is to break it down. Critics rave. Marshall is outstanding. Four stars. One of the best movies of the year. Marshall. Read PG-13. In theaters October 13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Hey everybody, today we're talking Oprah's new show and the Las Vegas shootings. All that and more on Black Hollywood Lives this week. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Live this week. Take it easy on ya, but now, baby, I'm sorry. Devon, I, I see you want to move that shoulder. I don't know why you're looking at me, man. You get, get those shoulders moving, man. No, man, man. I'm going to let you, 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 know, you do you know, your shoulder, you know, man. That's all I got. That's all I got, Miss Cheryl. You got shoulder. a lot, though. That's you got a lot, though. That's all I got. That's all I got. That was funny. I love it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Black Lives this week. I'm your host, Daryl Christian. Joining me today is Courtney Stewart. What's up, y'all? That was uh, that's. I, I was perky. That sound perky. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying. I'm so tired. I don't even know what to do. Like I'm really. I'm. I, I had, I'm trying to turn it on for y'all. Okay. You about to get into this? We gonna this. talk. We got to get this court. All this wonderfulness next to me. So we gonna we gotta pump it up for that. We well, all this greatness next to us that Courtney is speaking about. If you're listening, is uh, Devon Franklin. Let me give you his title. He's not only a New York best-selling author. He is a successful coach or success coach and film and TV producer and a lot. A lot more that we're going to talk about today. All He's right. got a great book that's coming out called The Hollywood Commandments. You can see it right here. You're going to be able to pick it up very buy soon. It, buy it, and uh, you're going to be able to buy it. And uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit more in the show. But thank you for coming in, man. Thanks for having me. You Glad know? to be here. Yeah, mm-hmm. you see, you brought that. See, see that energy, see? Courtney? Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm just trying that. to match. I'm trying to get there, y'all. It's been a long week. 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 Jesse Jandy, who's normally with us today, is not, unfortunately, with us, but uh, he'll be back next week. Yeah, Honda, cool. fix whatever's going on. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong. Like, but get the brother his car back. Like, That's right. I don't know what's happening. I mean, you know, it's always something. <laughs> it pray, always for him. pray for him. Pray for him. Yeah, That's pray right. For him, y'all. Well, we're gonna get into these topics so we can talk to Devon a little bit later about a lot of great things he's working on. So. All right, cool. Well, I'm gonna jump right on in because we have some really <laughs> exciting news because Oprah, whom we love and adore up in here, has a new show that is coming to the OWN Network. And basically, so she's been friending up with this guy by the name of Shaka Senor, who she calls. One of the best interviews of her life. He was a formerly incarcerated young man um, after you know a drug situation and a murder situation. He was in jail for 19 years, and she interviewed him. He's written a book about it, and she's kind of just stayed friends with him and been following him for a few years now. And he has the based sort of based on his book and the idea of the pe- people when they're released from prison and what, how do they re-enter society and what do they you know how do they re-enter their families and how do they sort of function around in this world that we live in that doesn't really welcome former incarcerated people with open arms right. and make it easy for them to sort of live a life that is of greatness afterwards after having been incarcerated and so they are going to follow six men and women black men and women after they've been released from prison and they're going back into their families and they're looking for jobs and just trying to live their best life. And uh, it's premiering this Saturday on OWN. It's called Released. You guys should definitely check it out. And uh, Shaka, uh, who is a consulting producer on the show, had a really interesting quote that he said. He basically said, um, thinking that, you know, 
we get all this information about how people ended up in prison and we have these preconceived notions about who these people are and if you went to jail, something had to be wrong with you and bad about you and all of this. And he said that he thinks, quote, um, I think that narratives can allow for prison reform. I mean, if you think about how we landed in this mess in the first place, it was based on the stories that were told about inner city kids being super predators and irredeemable. So if those negative narratives can be sh can shape policy in a way that's harmful, then it only leads me to believe that the more positive narratives that we have, the more honest, transparent, and open human narratives that we're sharing, the more likely we are to shape policy that honors people's humanity. So I thought that was really beautiful because I love this idea because I actually wanted to do this something very similar myself because of family that have dealt with a similar situation and always wondering like, how can we get to a place because there's so many people, especially in the black community, mm -hmm. that experience this and are incarcerated and come out and want to do right and try to live their best life. And they're not really set up in a way to make that happen always. Sure. So I think it'll be interesting and I'm excited to see it. I mean, from the trailer I saw, you know, it looks like something I definitely want to watch. I mean, obviously, if Oprah's pushing it and behind it, yeah. you know, it's going to be some greatness regardless, yeah. you know. Yeah. And you, I, it's funny, because I was looking at your uh, bio, and one of the first things that's on there is a quote from Oprah. Yeah. So, ha have you worked with her in the past? or what Yeah, you, we've done a lot together. I mean, I actually uh, know Shaka, you know, well. Um, we just were in New York last week. Uh, he was out promoting Released, and I was out promoting the Hollywood Commandments, and so I, we were crossing paths and took a picture at the Breakfast Club, actually. And then a the, uh, few weeks before, we were in uh, Sacramento together. Uh, Common had a concert of, called Imagine Justice, and so he was there, and we were there, and got to, we got to know each other through Oprah. Uh, I've been on her Super Soul Sunday show a few times and have done other programs on the network, the help desk, been a guest on Ayanla's show. Uh, and so she's very much, you know, like a mentor figure and has been incredibly awesome. I mean, even to the degree where my next film, which is called The Star, it's an yeah. animated movie. It's the story of the nativity, the first Christmas, but from the animal's point of view. Mm. And when I reached out to her to ask her if she would play a camel, she said yes. <laughs> and so she plays a camel in the film, and that just is a testimony to who she is. Yeah. She is, is, it's unbelievable for her to be this successful and for her to, she didn't have to do anything for anybody. She's done enough. But for someone like me, you know, young, up and coming, and she believes in what I'm doing so much so that she says, yep, I will lend my voice to what you're doing. And that's what she's yeah. doing with Shaka. It's like, I believe in what you're doing. I'm getting behind the show. And I think the show's going to be awesome. Knowing people that have come out of prison, yeah. uh, I was just at the KJLH men's conference, and there was a woman there who was a lifer, mm. and she got out of prison. And she came up to me and, you know, gave me a hug and she talked about how much of an inspiration I was to her. And it just shows that sometimes when you're younger in life, you make a decision. Yeah. But it doesn't reflect who you really are. Right. No. Yeah. And so I love what Shaka's doing. I love what Owen is doing. I think release is going to be a big success. Yeah, and I think also with people seeing it, you know, we, there's a lot of stereotypes that fall into it that because people are closed-minded and just don't understand how life is after prison, that this will maybe open up some doors as well where people who have gone through this, it will keep them, you know, advancing, you know, beyond what they even believe. You know, I so, hope so. And I, and I also so. hope that, the, you know, some of the younger kids watch it yeah. Yeah. and that it becomes a deterrent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, when you see what happens, you know, when you see the impact of the prison system For on sure. lives and families and communities that, you know, some of the younger folks watching it say, you know what, I want to make a decision that would not allow me to meet the same fate. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I think the show will do a lot of good. Yeah.
Go own. Watch yeah. it, y'all. Own is Check killing it out. It. This killing weekend it. on own. Watch it. It's called Released. All right. So we're going to move on to somebody who's opening all kind of doors and just throwing our money out and throwing our social security numbers out, and they don't care. So Equifax has uh, had their former CEO, Richard Smith, has been testifying before Congress this week. Mm-hmm. He's had uh, three congressional hearings, all of which went pretty not well because he basically admitted that Equifax just ignored warnings that they had been given about their lack of security for the information that we all have stuck at Equifax because we don't really have a choice in this country as to who the uh, credit reporting agencies are and why they have all our information. So the massive hack that happened a couple weeks ago, obviously the senators are upset and they're trying to, you know, fight for our you know, how could you do this? Why did you guys do this? Why was this acceptable, et cetera? Basically, it boils down to the fact that there is not a whole lot of oversight on the three record, um, credit reporting agencies, and they kind of get away with a lot of things. And what was most fascinating about the congressional hearings was that basically Equifax is technically profiting from the hack that could potentially ruin mm-hmm. the financial lives of more than half the adults in this country Scary. because there were over 140 million Americans that were affected by the hack. And the way that is the case is that there was a group of um, executives that sold off stock before the information was released that the hack had happened. So there is some concern that they knew that the hack happened mm-hmm. and they still sold the stock anyway, so they made money in that way, number one. Number two, they uh, claim to, you know, give you like if you found out that your information was hacked you can get a year of credit uh monitoring for free but after that you know you have to pay for it and it's about 17 dollars a month approximately now seven million people signed up for this credit monitoring service and uh elizabeth warren the senator from uh, massachusetts maine sorry did i get that wrong massachusetts um she was saying how okay well this is great you know suddenly you can get free credit uh, monitoring for a year but in a year you still want it because the biggest thing about the hacking information is like you that might not come back and hit you for three to five to seven years. You don't know. And so she said all of those, even if only one million of those seven million people sign up for $17 a month uh, credit reporting with Equifax, credit monitoring, sorry, they're going to stand to make over $200 million wow. off of those people. That is a problem, guys. Additionally, there is a company called LifeLock who also sort of does the credit monitoring mm-hmm. on the next level. And they are in a relationship with Equifax. Of course. And so there's been a huge increase in people purchasing the support from LifeLock, which has only made money for Equifax. So in the end, it looks like Equifax has no real reason to care if their information gets breached and it gets hacked and stolen and taken away because in reality, they make money off of it. So that is what we have learned through the first three congressional hearings from CEO over at Equifax. Wow, just always scary. (laughs) (laughs) And we were just having a conversation a couple weeks back about checking your credit reports and doing different things and staying on top of your game. And now, I mean, you got to be paranoid about that too. You know, like I don't know how you win. Like I really don't know how you can win in this situation no. other than because it's not I mean right. they have no interest whatsoever no. and and I don't know that I knew I guess to a degree I knew it was for mm-hmm. profit but I just yeah. didn't think of it that way because right. you think it's a credit reporting agency right. they're just supposed to be like but of course they're trying to make money of because yeah. this is capitalistic the America American way. the American right. way but the levels by which they do it oh and mind you this CEO who just resigned um, still stands to bring in with even if he's um, now that he's stepped down his retirement job 
he is still between his pension and all of his options and everything, still sitting on ninety million dollars. Wow. Oh yeah. I believe that. So crazy. I mean, what, do you, what are your thoughts with it? Like, what would you? What do you? You know, I mean, it's just unfortunate. It's yeah. unfortunate that um, so much of our lives are subject to corporations that seem to be um, independent of jurisdiction or proper jurisdiction. Yeah. And truth be told, I mean, this whole cyber thing is such a new thing that no. you know there still aren't proper remedies for what happens when these uh, security breaches uh, occur. I mean, even, you know, when you look at Yahoo, uh, it recently came out that, you know, I mean, all of these accounts, I mean... They they only said it was like half of the accounts that were hacked. They basically said it was pretty much, if your account existed before 2013, you were hacked. That's right, completely, (laughs) completely. Uh, And there's just, there feels like like a lack of oversight, a lack of accountability. And at the end of the day, you know, we're the ones that that suffer. So, you know, you would hope that that ultimately the government would do something to protect the people. Yet, as we see, we have to take it into our own hands. Yes, we do. Yeah, <laughs> we, yes, do. we do. It's real but scary how do we with the credit reporting agencies? I know. What? I, mean, I know. You got to sign up for the service because then they have two million dollars or, or, or twenty million dollars worth of lobbying to support the situation that already sort of exists. So the lo- the lobbyists are. They're not there to support us and make sure that we're okay. They're mm-hmm. there to make sure that Equifax don't get no more rules put on top of them right. to do anything. So yeah, it's sort of, yeah. uh, that's. I mean, that's a long conversation about money and politics that we don't need to have again. <laughs> well, you know, I will say this. I'm always so paranoid about everything with that anyway. And uh, a friend of mine the other day stopped me and was like, hey, why do you keep sending me those emails about uh, diet pills? And I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm not sending you I, no I was email. like, I haven't sent you. I, I don't even know your email. Let's start there. Right. And, and they were like, no, I, for the last probably three weeks, I keep getting these it's your email address, You've and it's hacked. a line that says, you know, you should check these out from Daryl. And I was like, man, I was hacked. like, I need to, wow. I need to go and get my credit report. You and then I see this, and I'm like, did you get it situated yet? I'm still, I, I haven't looked yet. Did oh, you no. change did. your I just information for that email account? Like, you need to change yeah, all you your passwords, passwords and, all that. Yeah. yeah, I know. I think I'm in denial that I need to do it because then I'm afraid of opening up my great credit and it's going to be something crazy because of this. You know, <laughs> but do story. you get to the point? Do you guys ever think like? Because sometimes I'm just like, well, what's the point? Like, forget it. I'm just no, gonna not no, no, worry don't about do that. it. Don't do that. Because you want a house, you yeah. want you you want to buy true. property, yeah. you want cars. But if they're on it already, no, no, you gotta make sure you gotta money? monitor it yourself. I mean, I do. Sure. I get my credit report every six months, but it's one of those things. Like, if they, it, it, we we are just out there. We're they out just there. got us out there. Like, like it's fine. There. Yeah, I don't know. Why are people so mean? They're <laughs> yeah. just mean. Like, why you know. gotta do that for? You still gonna be rich. The people that are going to get hurt are the little people that are trying to buy their but little those, house those for $150,000. Right, right, like, that's who's right. getting hurt. You know what I'm saying? Those are always the people, Gary. Oh, so. Well, it's fine. We'll All right. Well, I'll stop complaining. It's okay. I mean, you, you know, you got the heavy hitter topics, you know. I <laughs> we know. Went, right? We went right in. I do. <laughs> Zero to 60. Just to, to cap that off, I really encourage y'all to read that book, Dark Money, that I've been talking about since March. Yeah. Please read it. Just read it. it it's very eye-opening on how money... And power and politics work together in this country. It is very good. Jane Meyer, just read the book. All right. 
Well, we're going to move on to our EuroWeb Story Spotlight of the Week. But before we do that, uh, have you guys heard, seen the preview or trailer for Marshall, the new movie with Chadwick Boseman? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm excited to see it. It comes out October 13th. It's yes. about the early years of Thurgood Marshall, and it stars Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us. It's got Kate Hudson, uh, and the list goes on and on. I mean, this is a great year for Chadwick. He's not only had, obviously, this, but he has, like, Black Panther coming mm-hmm. out at the end of the year. He's, yes. he's doing big things. Oh, yeah. Um, but, we, uh, you know, I'm excited about this because of the fact that, you know, we've talked about on the show that we keep seeing a lot of old movies or old topics come back to life and we in order to move forward as African Americans and people of color, we you know, a lot of debate has been do we focus on old things? But Yes, because you usually be on the other end of I'm usually on the other I'm usually on the other end because I also feel like before you need to before as you move forward, you know, you can't always just keep continue to talk about the past in order to move to the future. But I will say this, my mind has changed with a couple couple things, especially when I saw the preview for this movie, because I do think that there's a lot of um, people in history that we don't know a lot of information about. Hmm. And yes, mm-hmm. as African Americans, we know Thurgood Marshall, but there's a lot of people who don't really know what he did and what his impact was for people of color. So with that said, let's play this trailer here so people who have not uh, heard about the movie or knew when it was coming out will get a little taste of it. You gentlemen are making a big mistake. This here is Mr. Thurgood Marshall. Man is an attorney. You will treat him with the respect that he deserves. My great-granddaddy, he was a slave. We're not slaves now. We got weapons we didn't have before. We've got the law. Baby, you go into these towns who've never seen a Negro lawyer. Hey, boy! You need to be careful. NAACP. Very good. You're going to Connecticut. Joseph Spell, Negro servant attacked socialite in her own bedroom. This case will show the world if a colored man can get a fair trial in the United States. There's only 13 million Negroes depending on you. Don't any of you have any confidence in me? I'd say you have enough confidence for us all. I only represent innocent people, people accused because of their race. That's my mission. I never touched that woman. I need a partner who the jury can relate to. Sam Friedman. Good to meet you, Sam. Hey, give me a hand with these, would you? What have you got in here, cement? Guns. Books, Mr. Friedman. You just sweep through town, stirring up all kinds of ugliness. My life is on the line here. Hey, Attorney Friedman, hold on a minute. What do you want? You're one of us now, Sam. A real fighter. Step away, you can't take the heat on the battleground. Neither of them have been telling us the truth. He attacked me. I'd advise him to accept the deal. You lied in a sworn statement. Why would you do that? Why'd I lie? Because the truth gets me killed. You can't deny me now. If you want freedom, you're gonna have to fight for it. The only way to get through a bigot's door was to break it down. So that's a little taste of the movie. It has already been called the uh, film of the year, so I'm excited to see it. And I feel like after people see this movie, it's going to spark a lot of conversation, and we'll probably be talking about it on this week. All right, check it out October 13th at your local theater. We're going to move on to the ER Web Story Spotlight of the Week. Spotlight of the week. Another story uh, that has been making headlines this week, uh, unfortunately, is the tragedy that happened in Las Vegas. Um, a 
solo gunman Stephen Paddock. He was in a hotel room and se- fired several rounds of uh, fire towards a crowd of, of country music uh, concerteers uh, and concert goers. And he killed 59 people that they count right now, and over 500 people were injured. Uh, there's been a lot of debate on this story because of the fact of the way he has been portrayed in media versus a lot of people's feelings about how African Americans have been portrayed in media, uh, such as Sandra Bland um, and others. And you know, one thing that uh, was sparked up this week, there's been a big kind of uh, Twitter war or feud going back and forth of people on both ends um, because people were saying, you know, he has been uh, categorized as a country music fan, a lone wolf. Um, he doesn't fit the mass shooting profile of other mass shooters. Those are things that have been fed into the media about uh, the the killer, Stephen Paddock. Now, when you read stories of African Americans, you know, for example, even with Sandra Bland, the news focused more on her prior records. Uh, you, you know, um, Michael Brown, it focused on, you know, him being a kid and uh, with a gun and, and the negative parts of being a, a young black man. And this is starting to be something that people are just getting tired of. You know, they're like, why is it a double standard? And aren't we at a place where media should be responsible (laughs) in reporting specifics and not categorizing people into certain things, especially African-Americans? What are your thoughts on that? You know, I I think that um, it's important to, uh, you know, with all the reports out there, to not reference Stephen Paddock in the same way as Michael Brown and Sandra Bland. I think that that actually um, denigrates their their memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were not assailants. They were not shooters. They did not go and kill massive amounts of people. They were they were innocent yeah. and pursued at the hands of law enforcement and died at the hands of law enforcement. So I do think it's important because I've seen you know so many reports that do that yeah. and try. But it's 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 not the same thing. You know these were innocent people. Whereas from what we've learned about Stephen, clearly he was not. And there clearly is a bias. I mean that's yeah. you know let's just call it as it is. Yeah. There's a bias when it comes to people of color how we're portrayed in the media. And I do think that um, while that is important, it's it's really important. I think we we can't lose sight of the lives that were lost, mm-hmm. and how we can, as a community and as a, as a as a country, find a way to come together and to be there for one another and to help. Because the media ha- has a bias; it will continue to have a bias. We have to have a voice about that. I, I, I believe that, but at the same time, how do we make sure that? We're donating to the families that can't afford funerals. That's true. How do we make sure that we're advocating for for um, you know for uh, g- gun laws that can really help um, curtail this type of thing? Yeah. How do we turn our anger into action so that it's just not us you know saying yes the media portrays us in a negative way and then we get riled up but that's where, but it, that's where it stops. How yeah. do we turn that into yeah. something that we can affect? And part of it is the conversation, and the other part is actually doing something about it so that we can prevent incidents like this so that we don't even have to talk about right. you know, people in the media and in different portrayals of different certain types of people because we actually have affected policy. Because the point you made about dark money, it is true. There is a direct connection between uh, uh, politics, money, and, and what happens with the laws and the economic system that we have in the country. So we have to become more effective with policy. Because when you look at the Thurgood Marshall trailer, that's what he said. He said, yeah. we now have a weapon, You're the right. law. You're right. The law. Right. And so we got to become more strategic mm-hmm. in, in really 
you know, affecting policy because when policy becomes implemented, then that becomes law that everyone has to follow. And then we have a standard by which people can be judged. Book him on CNN right now. You said that all I understood from the beginning to the end with this brother on CNN <laughs> right now to report on the news. I'm <laughs> telling you. Oh, man. Nothing else to add to that <laughs> like, wonderful I don't statement. Even, I don't need to add anything. <laughs> Not, I, I won't add anything until I'm going to add some <laughs> less whatever. All y'all people on Facebook, this is my on my soapbox for a minute, that are posting all this stuff about this is not the time for us to be talking about gun control and policy about guns. I have my gun. The Second Amendment allows me to keep my gun. All of that is so bunk at this point, and I'm so disturbed that you are in that place still after people were mauled down in basically a fishbowl by this man. Like, can we just for a minute think it ain't about, it's about people. And it's about these people that have lost their lives and their families that were... And the people that were there, even the people that didn't lose their lives that were there, because I know four people that were there. Thankfully, thank God, they are fine. But they are mentally and emotionally damaged in ways that I can't even imagine. So for all of this, like, gun lobby and this, that, and the other... I don't have the answer, but what I do know is what we're doing right now doesn't work. Right. So that means we need to do something different. So you holding on to that Second Amendment and talking about your gun and you would never do that and evil people are going to do what they're going to do, it's the same argument we've been having for years. And it is old, it is done, and something else has to happen. So like, even if you don't agree that this needs to happen this way or that way, you have to agree that something else needs to happen. I don't know what that is. We got to talk about it. We got to figure it out. But you can't stay in the same place after seeing what we've seen for the last freaking 10 years. It's insane. That's true. And I can't, I don't, I don't understand how you can just sit with those blinders on and not feel that until, like, are you waiting until the person next to you and it happens and then you can feel it? Because I feel it. I still feel it. And it sucks. And I know that we have a long way to go and it's going to be hard and it's a challenge just like healthcare and everything else that's messed up in this country right now. But we have to at least say something different has to be done. And, it, and, and that requires all of us to say it. Mm-hmm. Because as long as you're out there holding on to your gun saying, I need to have my gun and I can't have the government coming up in my house, the same argument, you're supporting what already exists. And we can see that the system that exists doesn't work very well. And I would just like to see us step up and if you want to post on your Facebook, post, I don't have the answer, y'all, but let's do something different so we can all be at least open to a conversation about what we can do that could be different. I'm I done agree. Now. Listen, hey, I'm, I'm mad at you right now. Yeah. <laughs> you crushed yeah. it. Yeah. No, I agree. So hopefully that will spark more conversation. Uh, someone who was also sparking a lot of conversation this week is O.J. Simpson. Uh, we know that he was you know, recently freed from prison, and he has been going on the circuit trying to do interviews. And what I find interesting is that in this is that he's asking for seven figures to do interviews at major outlets. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter is that most outlets have d- said no to the interview because they're afraid of alienating their audience mm-hmm. because they feel like it's going to upset their, their, their audience if they put him on. Are you guys surprised, A, that he's asking for so much money, and B, that networks are willing to not bring him on for interviews? No, I'm not surprised. Really? Not no, surprised. no. I mean, of course. He's going he's to try to get as much money as he can. And I think that you know we live in a different time where you know there is so much more attention around what's going on, what's being put on the air, and advertisers and being much more sensitive to the consumer. So I'm not really surprised on either. 
I, I think I'm not surprised either. I'm still fascinated though how polarizing a figure OJ Simpson like still is. That's like, that it's I find that like, it's, yeah. it's 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 kind of wild. Yeah. But I mean, go them for standing up and recognizing they have yeah. an audience and respecting their audience in that way because they know the audience will be like, oh no, you didn't put OJ on my TV. And see, I thought of it a little differently. Though. I thought that they would hmm. milk it just because of the fact that he is so. Such an intriguing figure in a lot of ways. Even though, if we whatever side you're on, we're thinking he's crazy or not, he is somebody who is. People want to know what what makes him tick. So no, I'm surprised. There are people mad. These people are mad. He killed that woman, and but they that want to he know. What they want, but they want it. him to. I feel like still people want him to just talk, give you they something else about in what's jail. in that dark place in his head. They want you, him they, you in think jail. Because so? everybody knows he was in, because what he went to jail for was only, like, supposed to be, like, a short term. Like, what he did was not worth whatever the term or whatever right. that he got. Right. And it's also karma. But, it, it's, yeah. but, yes, but they, I mean, a lot of people believe it's because the energy of so many people is that he never got punished for what he really should have been punished for, and they want him to be punished in some kind of way for what he did. Yeah. Because it, you normally, like, a Americans, we like salacious, horrible stuff all the time on TV. Yeah. But some kind of way, OJ still has people like, there's the people over here that are like, I'm kind of one of the persons over there that'd be like, oh, I would be interested to see an interview, even though I think he's insane. Well, I'm watching saying. the parole here. But it. there's a whole team of people over here that's like, absolutely no, not. Right. That fool should be in jail <laughs> right. still. So I, for the rest of his life, which I, I think it's it's amazing. Well, apparently but, he owes 70 million in debts. So that's probably why he's charging seven figures for this appearance. But wow. good luck with that, OJ, because uh, maybe Dang, come to Black Hollywood Live for $7 versus seven, seven figures. $7, brother. We'll give you a mug with some <laughs> we'll water. We'll give you a mug with the beer logo on it and let you take the mic so good luck with that oh, all right um let's talk to some talk about some happy great things let's wonderful talk about things. Mr. Devon yes. franklin who's in the house right today yes. promoting this book i'm just gonna pick one up with your you know your face you got the hollywood sign back there the yeah. hollywood Ooh, commandments what is this book all about uh the tagline is a spiritual guide to secular success and it's basically you know i've been in hollywood for 20 years i started as an intern at the age of 18 working at the management company for Will Smith and work my way up to now running my own production company. And I talk about the top 10 lessons that I've learned for anyone's success. Even though it's a Hollywood commandments, this book is for any person in any industry because I've extracted what has made Hollywood successful and how someone can read this book and become successful themselves. And then also, you know, too often people that are, you know, spiritual, you know, fear the secular and don't Absolutely. realize there's a lot of value in yeah. secular environments that can help you become more successful. And also people sometimes in the secular environment don't realize there's a lot uh, in the spiritual environment that can also help you become successful. So it's really a book that kind of merges the power of both and shows the reader how to apply and implement these steps in their own life to become successful. Hmm. I mean, how did you... Like, how do you stay grounded in all this? You, this the material in this. I, I can't wait to read it because I even just reading some of the quotes and just some of the information that you've been given that I read in just bullet points. You know, how do, how are you one who has been in this industry for so long and, and managed to stay so grounded? Stayed holy in the hot mess. Because it's hot mess This industry is crazy. It's not easy. <laughs> it's you know, wild. and for you to be so centered, give some advice on that because a lot of people need that advice. Yeah, you know, I think it comes down to a couple things, and, and I talk about it in the book. You know, one, it comes down to you know what. You you want 
And then also it comes down to the process, the how, how to actually achieve it. And for me, you know, what I really wanted and continue to want, you know, is to make an impact in the world, uh, to be the, the best version of myself that I can be. And I wanted to make content. I want to make content in Hollywood that can uplift and inspire the world. That was always the what. The how was something I learned along the way. And so committing myself to the process, the first commandment is your prayers alone aren't enough. And this is all about the value of praying and preparing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started in 18 year, at 18 years old. I didn't actually get my co- production company until 36. And that was 157,000 hours of preparation, wow. over 6,500 days of preparation. And I, I articulate that to say, you know, when it comes to Hollywood and, you know, disrupting, you know, who you may be, I believe that's, that is any industry. It is not exclusive That's to Hollywood because true. you can only be you, you can be only be tempted by what you want, and in whenever there's ambition, ambition there's temptation, because there's something we want we want it when we want it and we're tempted to go about getting it in a way that can either be a shortcut or you know compromise of our beliefs or potentially you know backbiting someone else. So we always have to monitor our ambition. I believe that the process for success, any of us who want to be successful, we have to commit to the process. Mm-hmm. And one of the other ways to commit to the process, which is another commandment, you have to carry a crown before you wear one, meaning you have to practice service. You know, because I've been in Hollywood for so long and I've served my way to the top, you know, I, I've had, I mean, listen, any, any moment I've ever wanted to operate an ego, trust me, you get humble quick, right. real quick. Yeah. Oh, you think you've arrived? Let me show you. Right. So, you know, just living in that humility and, and knowing that there's still a whole lot more to go. Even though I've written this book, I'm not writing it from the mountaintop down. You know, I'm writing it, hey, I'm, I'm mid, you know, stream in still my career and I'm really. trying to help other people yeah. do the same thing. Yeah. Here's what I've learned so far. Yeah. That is how I've been able to, you know, stay grounded by staying focused, and then also wanting to help. I see so many people living beneath their power, beneath their potential, and beneath their calling. And I just, I, that my heart goes out yeah. you know, to that. It's like, well, you know, listen, we all have life, and what about trying to live our best life? What about trying to become our best self? And so many times we don't do it because of fear and lack of knowledge. And this book really will help you take your fear head on, face it, and then also give you the knowledge required to walk out your faith along with real strategy day in and day out to ultimately achieve what it is you're striving to go for. I mean, everybody needs this book in their life. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I want to read it right now. Come on, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't want to do the interview anymore. I just want to just start reading. Just pull it out stuff. Open it up. Yeah. You know, study it. Take some notes, y'all. There it is. There it is. Get on it. Play. Get it on tape, too, so you're listening in your car. That's right. We got the audio you gotta, book. You yep. don't just learn it from one read. You got to read and study it and yes. internalize that stuff. Yes. And if you had, like, you know, I know you just described a lot of things that you're giving, but what is, like, one key, key thing that you want people to take away from the book? You know, one of the key things I want people to take away from the book is that, you know, you can do it. It's yeah. possible. I think sometimes we have expectations. We have dreams. We, you know, encounter a degree of conflict. And as a result of the conflict we face, we begin to lower our expectation and our dream yeah. so just so we can be comfortable day to day. Yeah. Uh, so what I want people to take away from the book is get your dream back where it belongs. Get your faith all the way up. And now here's a manual that will help you step by step. And when you have the knowledge, you can actually achieve it. I mean, amen. Go get him. <laughs> what you doing, Sonny? You want to go to my church? <laughs> yes. yes. Come on. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, and you have a, you, if you're in L.A., you can actually yes. buy the book go today. Yes, book. I'm, so. I'm literally heading right here to go to the Grove yes. uh, to sign books. I'll be doing a book signing tonight, 7 o'clock. 
So if anybody's listening or you're watching, hey, make your way on over to the Get Grove. I'll meet there. you there and sign your book. Get and the book, book was actually released on 926. Yeah, it came out a week ago. It came out a week ago. You, you can see him tonight at the Grove. And then you have another project you're working on, uh, Star. Yeah, the and, Star, which is which, which was are, the, the, the film with Oprah yes. and Tyler. So and this is, you got a lot of things going on this year. Yes. yes. You, you know, you, that's a very Exciting. happy place. Yes. 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 And um, what would you say would be one word to define your career to date? One word? one word. One word. Oh my lord! I um, know you got it. You got a lot of words. Man. <laughs> yeah. That's why you. choosing one is, is hard. One is hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. Like I need um, a sentence. I, I would just say process. 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 Okay. That that like would be that. the word like to that. describe uh, my career. Okay. Now, where can fans find you on social media? Yeah. Or go buy the book or any of that. They can. Online? They can buy the book. You know, you can go to my website, DevonFranklin.com, and they can buy the book there. Uh, they can also go to Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Uh, they can follow me on Instagram and and Twitter at Devon Franklin, D E capital V O N Franklin, and then on Facebook at Devon Franklin Official. Okay, Courtney. See, the Lord have you coming into places for a reason. Because, y'all, I was tired and I was done, but this stuff uplifted me. <laughs> right on. I'm excited to read the book and everything. So, right. y'all find me everywhere on Twitters and Instagrams at Stuart Starlet. And you can find me at Dario Kristen on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And also, starting tomorrow on The Reels channel for a new show called Broken Famous, I'm going to be giving commentary on celebrities that have had some financial woes, such yes. as TLC. I actually have a little clip that we'll play on the way out. Steve, if you could uh, put that up. TLC's appeal was worldwide, meaning trips overseas to perform and promote their music. It was expensive, but L.A. Reid and Pebbles were ecstatic, and for good reason. By the end of 1993, they had sold 2.3 million TLC records. Their label decides they're going to give them a gift, so it's going to be a car. You know, they're young women, 19 years old, such like that. They want to have some cool fly wheels. So what do they buy them? A BMW, a Mercedes, a Cadillac? No, they got RAV4s, Toyotas. I think they were still trying to get a handle on their lives changing. They weren't really spending a ton of money. It wasn't like they went and bought brand new houses. They had these cars and it almost was like they were placated with these vehicles. Like that was the big thing to them. For them, that was like the flyest car. They come from, you know, blue collar life. To them, just to have a brand new car was cool. So they weren't really aware of what they were worth at the time. And that's really why that phrase, know your worth, is so important. Because at the time, their worth was a RAV4. But now, TLC were moving in celebrity circles. And their low-budget rides might not have impressed their new famous friends. You guys are rolling in RAV4s? Like, what's up with that? So that's when they started to realize, like, wait a minute, maybe something is wrong here. All right, check that out if you can. And also, make sure you buy this book, The Hollywood Commandments, by my man Devon Franklin. I mean, like I said, this is some... Everybody needs this in their life right wow. now. And uh, I wish you a lot more success. And Thank you. continue to uh, watch your voyage. And come back to Black Hollywood Live to promote some more projects. We'll do. Sure. All we'll right, do. we'll Thanks see you guys me. next week. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire PHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network African American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us. Info at BlackHollywoodLive.com. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live. Zipia, Instagram, at King XO Bay. Thank you.
The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.